People are yearning for information. Having the opportunity to encourage people and to educate people and inspire people. It's amazing to be able to say we'll carve out time to take care of ourselves. There's something for everyone. Christy Nix is an innovator and the co-founder of REST, which is Rapid Reprogramming of Emotional Stress Technique. She's also a Reiki master, a therapeutic yoga instructor, and a dog mom. Hi, Christy. Welcome to Health Gig. Thank you. It's good to be here. Trisha and I are so glad you could come on, and I'm sorry she's not here, but we so enjoyed meeting you on the phone the other day, and we're just excited to have this conversation. I'm so excited too. You guys had such great energy and I've been loving your podcast. Like I said, I just was listening to the one about the dog trainer and it was so good for the soul. It was one I didn't expect to listen to, to be on a health gig podcast, but why wouldn't it? Like dogs are like (laughs) the greatest little parts of our health and our life. So it was wonderful. Oh, well, thank you. We love to start our podcast by getting to know a little bit about our guests. So tell us about you and tell us how you got to where you are today and how you got involved in REST. I feel like if I look back, it's like in my mind, there's all these little seeds that were planted that guided me to this space, but I never would have expected to be here. It's so funny, even like Back in 2007, um, when I started my health journey, I never thought I would be talking about health to begin with. I was a junk food junkie. My friends called me Mick Christie because I went through the McDonald's drive through twice a day. Sometimes I ate what I could afford, and that was junk. I was a broke college student, and all the colors were beige. It was like I ate like a frat boy. And <laughs> everyone would say, don't you feel awful? And to be honest, I didn't. Whatever I could shove in my mouth to get to the next thing was what I wanted to do. I didn't eat to live. I didn't even live to eat. It was just like this thing that I did, but it all catches up with you as it does. And I had some health concerns that showed up, but more importantly, I got this book. Somebody handed me this book called The China Study. And all of a sudden I had just gotten married, you know, and like, I think sometimes when you just get married, there's this new pivot in your life, this new focus, like how do I want to live the rest of my life? And how can I live this long, happy, healthy life with my husband? And this book basically shouted the words at me like, you're putting yourself into the grave earlier than you realize by eating all the crap food that I was eating. So I went like cold turkey, like chapter one, I went vegan and started implementing as many plants as I could. And wow, what a difference I noticed with accelerating like my health and having more energy and vibrancy and not realizing that all of the stuff that I had been putting in my body was really actually making me feel lethargic and sick. So it was just this eye-opening experience. So I went on this whole platform of like wanting to help people take their health back. I lost my dad at a really young age due to reasons that could have been prevented. And I'll never forget this moment when I got the call that no one ever wants to get. And it was that my dad was dying because of reasons that could have been prevented. And, you know, I flew from Washington to Michigan and, you know, drove like a mad woman up to my parents' house and to see this man who used to jump out of airplanes and put fires out when he landed. And like, he was such a engaged and active individual to see him not be able to hardly move. And it was because of the decisions he made. And I just remember putting my hands on the bed frame that he made with his bare hands and thinking, I have to help people have more time. And so I went on this huge rampage of trying to get people to just eat like more plants thinking because I look at it like there's a statistic that's just jumped out at me, Doro, and you've probably heard it, but it's 75% of all chronic disease can be prevented, right? 
And I always think that like if someone were to hand you a lottery ticket and say, Doro, you've got a 75% chance of winning the lottery, you would buy the ticket, right? Like yeah, those are some right. really good odds, but we're not doing that with our health. It took me in the space of like, people need to eat more plants, but what never impacted me, what never crossed my mind was the role that stress plays in our health in our well-being, in our energy, and how we impact people, how we affect people without even realizing it. It's like that podcast with Phyllis about the dogs that was just a couple episodes earlier on here talking about really the energy running down the leash and how much that makes plays a role. Like stress is so pivotal. And I think, you know, maybe it's 90% of all disease and sickness can be connected to stress alone. So it's like, if we're not managing our stress, yes, it's great to eat as many plants as possible, but what if we're not managing our stress, we're really doing ourselves a disservice. And I found my way to rest because I was doing everything I possibly could have been doing. I'm a therapeutic yoga teacher. I'm a Reiki master. I love having fun and I love flooding my body with plants. And I was still having health issues. I still couldn't get past it. And I felt like this total fraud. So that's how I got introduced into rest with Dr. Cindy Scholes. Now I'm like, you guys, you got to manage your stress. <laughs> yes. Not only do you have to take, your, take good care of yourself, but it's important to manage your stress. So rest, you found rest and you did the program yourself. You did the therapy. Yes, I had one session. There's three co-founders for rest. It's myself, Dr. Cindy Scholes, who created rest and Dr. Mitra Ray, who you've met. She's like my go-to. Like Dr. Mitra Ray is not only such a good friend of mine, but she's a mentor. I've always looked up to her with talking about health and longevity and stuff. So she knew that I was doing everything I possibly could to take care of myself, yet I was still having these health issues. And she said to me, you know, a good coach always asks good questions, right? And she said, have you ever thought this could be emotional? And it just blew over my head. I just thought, how did I miss this? And I just was like, no, I was dumbfounded. She gave me the best prescription. She says, I want you to talk to Dr. Cindy Scholes. I got on Zoom with Dr. Cindy. I vented to her for about 10 minutes about how no matter what I did, I couldn't get past my health issues. I had lost my voice. I lost my voice for weeks on end every time I got a sinus infection. The two weren't related. We couldn't figure out what was going on, but nothing I did worked. Even after having sinus surgery. I was really stressed about, you know, I speak for a living and I couldn't talk for weeks on end. So I talked to Dr. Cindy on Zoom. I told her what was going on and she said, something happened to you and it was traumatic in your childhood around the age of three. And Doro, I was like, for a moment in my head, you know how you have these quick words come to your mind? Yeah. I kind of was like, that's crap. I had a great childhood. There was nothing that was traumatic. And then for this moment, it was like somebody turned this light switch on. And suddenly I remembered, which is rare. Most people don't remember this original event, but I remembered it. My dad came home after being called out as a fireman to a job. He, it was late at night. My mom must've been working late and he bent down on his knees. I was three years old. He looked me in the eyes. And for the first time I had seen tears in his eyes and he had to tell me that I was never going to see my friend Sarah again. And I didn't understand. I didn't understand what that meant, but I could feel the pain in him like a sponge, like I was just absorbing it and there was nothing I could do. So what happened was what he meant by saying I was never going to be see Sarah again is that that day my dad got called to the worst possible experience a 30-ish man could experience. And 
Sarah was standing outside by the bus. She was a couple years older than me. She had her cabbage patch doll in her hand and it fell into the road and she went to pick it up and uh, ran over her. Oh. oh. And she died in his arms. And it was And you were moment. three. We often think, oh, well, they're too young to even have that be part of their lives. But in fact, it's what you call a small T or a big T. That's a big T. That's a big T. And, yeah. and you're so right. Like we think kids won't remember it. Ah, oh, kids are resilient. They're not going to remember it. But the reality is, is their body remembers it. Their subconscious remembers it. And we keep moving on and acting. Though We act from that without realizing it. Once you discovered that trauma in your life, were you able to unearth other traumas? And how does rest work? How do you yeah. get through it all? When I got on with Zoom with Cindy and to tell her what was going on, and she unpacked this moment for me about my dad and Sarah, Dr. Cindy is brilliant. She took all these different modalities. She's a neuroscientist. She understands the brain. She understands how trauma is stored, and she nerds out on every single healing modality you could imagine. So she put it all together and took me through an hour-long session, and my experience was profound. Now, I don't want to say that regular rest sessions aren't, but my soul needed this change so badly that I think I was ready for the biggest shift that I could experience. Other rest sessions may take a couple sessions. You know, you'll feel little shifts as if you're pulling back the onion, but it was like we ripped right down into the center of that bad boy for me. After that one session, it was like she lifted a coat of armor off of my, not just my shoulders, my entire body. And I knew from that moment, I remember leaning in, I could have kissed her through Zoom because I felt a huge shift in myself. And I said, Dr. Cindy, you can't be the only person who knows how to do this. Because I knew from that moment on that there were so many hidden things that I had stuffed to survive, you know, not intentionally, but I had stuffed and it was now like I needed this for my soul. Just like people pay for a personal trainer every month to get them in the right space physically, I needed her to keep me into the space emotionally. And I knew that I was going to tell everyone about her. So how was I going to fit into her schedule? <laughs> so I was yeah. like, you have to teach me. Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to be a PhD to do this? You know? Is it talk therapy? What exactly is it? Have you ever tried to describe chocolate to someone and they've never tasted it? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's kind of like that. So rest is two R's. Most people want to put like a rolling R on it. R-R-E-S-T. And, you know, it's so scientific. It's rapid reprogramming of emotional stress technique. What it is, is it's not talk therapy. It takes talk therapy into account the first couple minutes you talk about the problem. But immediately after that, you allow the coach to go into your body and work with your subconscious and travel back in time to a moment where this original event was planted. Now, it's important to go to the original event because if you go to maybe an event that was similar to it, like imagine, let's say, if we trace back to an original event, there's these roadmaps that are created, neuropathways created in our brain. And if we go to the same neuropathway, but we're like three years after that, we may not have gotten everything. We want to go back to the original event, pull it out by its roots, like gardening of the mind. And then when that space in your brain is open, when that new neural pathway gets to kind of erase itself and like create something new, this is when your brain is super hypnotizable. So not only is it this space of taking the space where you're talking about what the problem is at hand, when really the problem at hand is really not what the problem is at hand at all. We think the problem is the issue, yeah. the occurrence issue, but we go back in time, 
we heal that. It's almost like kissing the boo-boo. And then you go through this process of you work with meridians, some breath work, some visualization, a little bit of forgiveness, all these different modalities that Dr. Cindy has put together. And after an hour long session, there's a space of clarity. It's like when you remove the stressor, have you ever been so stressed that you can't think? Yeah. All of a sudden when that stressor is gone, there's clarity and there's focus so that you can move forward and think about what you really want. And that's where I think the beautiful part of the brain is where you're feeding it the good stuff. And so is that part of the rest as well? You uncover, you unearth this, whatever it is, and then you start implementing things into your life that are healthy? Yep. First, it starts with making sure whenever someone's going to have a rest session, it's important to sleep well. Now, it's you know it's important to sleep well no matter what. But after you've done some mind, body, soul work, the time when the neuropathways are really forming, when the damage is being kind of cleared out is when you sleep. I always say like when you go to sleep, it's that opportunity for your subconscious and your conscious mind to finally sit down and have a conversation with one another. It's like for parents, when they put the kids to bed, maybe they can sit down and have a beer and talk about their day. That's what's happening when you sleep. So then it's like, all of a sudden there's this clarity. I always say, I give the subconscious and the conscious a voice and it's like, dude, what just happened? What did we do today? That was wild. We went back to this original event and somehow it was connected to our stress. Now, like there's this huge open space of like, what do we want? And it's this moment to like before bed, I especially believe that before bed or immediately after rest session, it's that moment to really think about what do I really truly want and how do I want want to feel because it's a feeling that really allows that part of your brain to believe what's happening. You know, your brain doesn't know the difference between real or fake. Feed it the stuff that's going to believe whatever it is that you truly want. So it takes maybe a minute or two, or if you want to go longer, you can journal about it. But I usually say, okay, now that we've cleared this moment, let's say you're someone who wants to go for like change your career. You know, you're really unhappy with what you're doing and you want to change your career, but you didn't know exactly how to step out of that. After having a rest session, I would say, what does that look like? Who is that person? I would say, let's say it's like Doro 3.0. Who is Doro 3.0? What does she look like? How does she hold herself? How does she impact a room when she walks into it? Like, what does she look like when she's completely in the flow? And I just say, like, she is proof in your mind's eye. She is proof that you can do whatever it is that you want. You just have to remind your brain that that's the direction you want to go. Like create a new navigation system. Like you're putting in new points into your GPS. And when you sleep, that integration helps even more. By doing rest, you sort of unlock this whole new you, really, because you've addressed the traumas in your life and then you have this space to be who you want to be, is what I'm hearing you say. When we were on the phone the other day, you talked about big T's and little T's. Can you talk a little bit about that? I love the sound first of big T and little T because we're all about childhood issues. We're all about childhood trauma. And one of the biggest concerns we get with people, like they're super intrigued to have rest done, but they're so afraid of what's going to come out of the closet. And those are the big T traumas. Like when I talk about big T traumas, I'm talking about like things you don't want to share with the whole world. Like maybe there was an incarceration with your family. Maybe there's an addiction. Maybe there's violence, you know, divorce, neglect, abuse. And a lot of times people are so afraid that that's going to happen. That's capital T trauma. Little T trauma, my first rest session went back to a very big T trauma. 
Sometimes they come up, but I'm telling you, it came up because my soul was ready to release it. Had you thought about that big T or had you buried it? I buried it. You know, what's funny is I called my mom immediately after that session because I just was like, what just happened? Like, did that really happen? And I called her and I said, what happened to me when I was three? And it was traumatic immediately when she answered the phone and she's like, what? I have no idea. And then she sat for a moment and she said, Sarah died. And I was like, shut the front door. Like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, tell me more, tell me more. And she said, you know, it's really interesting. After dad told you about Sarah, you stopped talking. And that was the entire reason why I went to Dr. Cindy is because every time I got a sinus infection, I would lose my voice and it made no sense. And then she goes, you know, I took you to therapy and you got your voice back. You started talking again. The thing is, is I think what we didn't do with therapy is I think we didn't get to the very original moment. Or maybe we didn't get to the root of it. Or maybe I just wasn't ready to release it. You know, I don't know what it is. It's just I know that I carried it through my childhood to my adulthood. And I was finally ready to release it. That was a big T trauma that I was carrying that I was ready to release. I'll tell you every recession I've had since, and I've had a lot, they've all been little T traumas. And I'm talking little T traumas. Like if you are a parent of a two-year-old, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about when I say little T traumas. It's the child that doesn't want to get out of the bathtub. It's taking their pacifier away and they're not really ready to do it or they're having a hard time transitioning. It's all these little things that we experience day to day that you would be amazed at how it plays a role and how we handle our stress today. So if you've ever heard someone say, I don't know why, but all of a sudden I just started acting like a two-year-old. Well, it's because your brain went back to that moment in time. That original event was like, we acted like this. We got our way. So therefore, we're going to keep doing that. It makes me think about like, I walked my dog past this outdoor restaurant and this woman loved her so much. She just immediately said, oh, can I give her a treat? Now, every time we walk past that table, that woman is never there, but we have to walk past that table to see if we can get a treat. We're all so moldable. And so we remembered that original moment of how we responded and we unconsciously take that action to get our way or to deal with a situation. And there's nothing wrong with it. That's the thing I think with rest, we want everyone to know. There is nothing wrong with anyone. The reason we're responding is because we're here for this human experience. We're learning, we're evolving all the time. There's nothing wrong with anyone. It goes back to what happened to you. And with rest, I would say 90% of the time, it's the little T traumas that you don't have to be afraid of and that you don't have to particularly remember every detail. After we spoke the other day, my daughter had a baby. She already has a little two and a half year old. I immediately thought of you because they brought the new baby home to the two and a half year old. And I thought, ooh, that's a little T, you know, waiting to happen when that happens, you know. But there are certain traumas you can't help, like getting a new brother or sister. And so I guess is the idea not to necessarily avoid them. But it's just to address them, to make sure as an adult, you acknowledge them. I think turning that awareness on as an adult to notice, like if you have the capacity when you're in a stressed moment to pause and just be like, wait a minute, why am I reacting this way? Is this mine? Is this someone else's? And do you, I think that that maybe this has a connection to something that happened to me earlier. And what we get all the time is especially our rest coaches that come in to get trained to learn this, they immediately think, 
oh my God, I'm the worst parent in the world. You know, I brought my baby home and now my oldest is dealing with being a big brother. And that's not the case at all. The first seven years of a child's life, they're the most moldable, hypnotizable people in the world. And if you have children in that age, this is the moment to really turn your awareness on, to guide them and to let them fall and skin their knee and trip over their shoelaces and do all the things because at the same time, you are creating resiliency. It's not about putting them into a bubble. It's about seeing how you can serve them and let them become their little beings and know more about them. But in the end, know that there's no perfection. It's just this opportunity of walking the walk and seeing how you respond in stressful moments. And when you can notice it, it's a good space to start. You are now a rest coach. Can you walk us through what that looks like? So what that looks like is most of my clients I meet online. There's a couple people that I meet in person. Originally, REST was created to be in person and we meet online. It's an hour long and I take them through the session. I never know what's going to happen. When I think about the snowflakes, we're all snowflakes. Every single person is different. Every experience is different. Every stress is different. There's no same original event for every single stressor. So I come in fully ready to meet the person where they're at and guide them through the rest process. I usually recommend most of my clients do a five to 10 session package with me. They're just like me. Like when I learned about rest, I was like, now I know I need some cleaning up to do. So at first they start doing maybe once a week sessions with me after they get kind of the big onion out of the way. And then sometimes, you know, they'll meet me once a month and do maintenance or once every three months, but their awareness is turned on now. They're like, I always say, come to me when you're stressed. Like I get to chase your stress. We get to navigate it together. And one of the things that I love to leave them with is, and this is for anyone, especially like anyone listening, like this is one of the greatest tools because we never have time to do a rest session on a podcast, but there's something called Ho'oponopono. Do you know about that, Doro? No, but I was going to ask you about that. So Ho'oponopono is one of the things that as long as there's time in the session, I try to leave them with it. It's not like you have to do it, but it's really helpful. I live in Hawaii, so it's a Hawaiian healing blessing. Let me tell you the backstory on it real quick. So there's this ward, this mental ward that used to exist here on the island, and it was connected to a prison. They sent people there when they weren't mentally stable to go to the place where everybody did these bad things, but they needed to keep them separate mentally. The turnover rate, like I can't imagine working in there, the turnover rate for employees was horrible. It was just this revolving door of people coming in and out. The inmates were in rooms that had no windows. I mean, imagine living in Hawaii and not being able to have a window to feel the sunrise or the breeze coming through. And then they were shackled almost always. You know, they were in seclusion. So what does that do to you? Just think about what it did for COVID for people alone, right? Now you have a mental illness tacked on to being secluded. When the prisoners were escorted from one place to another, they'd have to have two workers one on each side of the person in the middle of the hallway so that they wouldn't check the people into the walls. I mean, it was a very hostile environment. The energy was so bad that the plants wouldn't grow and the paint wouldn't stick on the walls. No matter how many times they painted, it would not stay on. And they brought in this man, E. Haleakala Hulan. He was a psychiatrist. And when he came in, he was different. He wouldn't spend a lot of time there. And he said, if I'm going to work with your inmates, I don't want to sit with them. I don't want them to be in my office. All I want to do is pretend this is my file. Imagine this is my filing book. And it has the names of the inmates, what they did. And what he said, he said, what in me caused them to do what they did? 
And my ego, when I first heard that, I was like, he doesn't even know these people. How is he responsible for rapes and murders and all these things? But he did Ho'oponopono, and it's four simple phrases, and it doesn't matter the order. But the first thing is, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. So he would look at his files, and what he said is he would clean, 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 over and over what in him wasn't clean. I'm sorry that this happened to you. Please forgive me. I wish this could have turned out better for you. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your presence on earth. I love you. And I think it just shows like the connection that we have as humans, as souls, right? We're all connected until we realize that we're going to have a lot of problems. So when you think about that, when we are all connected, about four to five years later of him doing this Ho'oponopono work in this mental ward, (laughs) it's just crazy to think about. There was no more shackles. There was no more seclusion. The inmates were playing tennis on the courts with the workers. The plants were growing and the paint stuck to the wall. (laughs) And the war doesn't exist anymore, right? Isn't it amazing to think that a man can sit in his own office and clean himself to impact the people around him? And it just makes me think, what in me can I do for my own personal self? It's an easy practice that anyone can do. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And that is how I try to end every single recession. Because the reality is, is there was a moment when that small child self of yours, whether you were three or two months of age or whatever moment that we go back and time it, whether it was a little T trauma or a big T trauma, there was a trauma there. Everybody has stress. It doesn't matter the magnitude. It means there was a disruption in the body. So I'd love to use Ho'oponopono with a visualization to imagine that you're going back to that space when you were a child. I like to imagine that just for a moment, if you could think of a time when you were little and there was something that was hard for you, just imagine that you today get to go back and travel back into the space where this original event occurred. And you just get to, for a moment, from a bird's eye view perspective, maybe imagine that you're just looking into the room, leaning against the doorway and watching everything unfold. You get to notice that little tiny self, what she looks like, what she's wearing. And then for a moment, I like to have the client imagine that all of a sudden that younger version of themselves sees you, who they are right now. And it's like you hit the pause button on the remote control and everything else freezes. And you get to walk up to this little one with a big smile and just pick them up and just give them this love and twirl them around and bring some fun and bring in what they needed in that moment that no one else knew. And you look down, bend down, look into their eyes, notice the color of their eyes, what their eyelashes look like. And you say the four simple words, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. And it clears up so much. It makes such a big difference. So I love to end on a high note of a little T trauma to make it right so that my client can go in in their future and look forward at what they want. And if there's time, I like to have them visualize taking that little version of themselves on this journey to their not so distant future to the place where they've arrived and they want to be, where they get to witness Doro 3.0 and see her in all her glory. And it's just this beautiful visualization that, again, the brain doesn't know the difference between real or fake. So you get to make peace with your past and move forward with clarity and excitement in your future. Tell me this. Have you ever had anyone come in to see you and the trauma is too deep and too big and too overwhelming? And what do you do about that? I haven't come across it. You know, there are times where something comes up where it is difficult for the client, but we make sure that our coaches are ready for that moment so that they can hold space 
to heal that moment. But there's not been a time where I've experienced it or where I've heard from any of my coaches that they haven't been able to walk through that. I think that when that moment comes up, you're ready to heal it. It comes up when needed. You know, there's a woman who said, I lost my mom when I was younger. And she's like, I keep thinking that that moment's going to come up, come up, come up. And it didn't for years. And finally, when it did, it was really that moment when her body, her mind was in alignment that said, let's release this now. So whatever you come forward with, your body is ready to release. As I was doing a little research on you, I noticed that you have gotten into astrology. Yes. (laughs) So tell us about that and how that works into what you do. Up until, you know, last February, I thought astrology was just a bunch of fun and hoopla. And then my mom got me a solar return reading, which basically kind of lets you get this vision of this energy of what the year is going to be like for you. And my gosh, if they didn't hit a nail on the head. And I thought, just like rest when I had that one session, I was like, I need to know more. So of course I dove in with astrology, especially because what I found is that your astrology chart, it's the moment when you took your first breath and all the stars were aligned. It's as if someone went out of your hospital bed, looked up to the sky, took a snapshot, and that is like this blueprint of you. And you come with strengths that are just natural. You also come with challenges. You come with trauma. And when you learn how to read that chart, it's almost like it allows me to go deeper with my clients. It allows me to know them even better before they even come in for a rest session because I can look and see at like the personality of them and we can go deeper. When they start telling me about their traumas, I can look at their chart and be like, well, that lands on where your moon is placed in your chart. Because the moon is all about the emotions. It's this space of not everybody shares their deepest, darkest emotions with people. It's the stuff that comes up at night. So oftentimes I've been diving into the moon a lot lately. I just had a reading with a woman that I noticed where her moon placement was. Now, usually the sun represents the father, the moon represents the mother. But where the moon was placed, I noticed that it represented the father. And all I had to say to her was, I'm looking at the placements of where everything is. Can you tell me more about your relationship with your parents when you were younger? And she's a Scorpio. So Scorpios don't really like to give out too many details, although they they like to go deep, but they're secretive. And she said, wow, I didn't expect to go there today, but let's do it. And we had this huge conversation and some healing that we could apply. In fact, we use Ho'oponopono for part of it. Being able to have access to someone's chart allows them to see, I really see you as you. And there's no judgments. I can see through the eyes of love. That's what Deborah Silverman says, you know, seeing people through the eyes of love. So it's been really fun for me to integrate the two things because I get to go so much deeper, gain more trust, and also be able to say, hey, by the way, you know, looking at the transits where, you know, because our solar system constantly keeps moving to be able to say, Jupiter is coming up for you and Jupiter is a planet of good luck. So get ready for the good luck. Get in that space. So it's really fun to be able to, on top of, guide them into this space of visualization where their mind is hypnotic and ready to be fed good stuff. It's also so fun to say, here's what's coming up. And if a tough transit is coming up, then we get to get rest on it. If someone wants to find you, how do they do that? If they like email, they can send us an email at hello at rest.com. And it's, remember, it's two R's, R-R-E-S-T. We're also on social media on Instagram, and that is at rest, R-R-E-S-T underscore Inc, I-N-C. If they want to have just a personal conversation with me, I'm at Christy Lee Nix on Instagram, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E-L-E-E-N-I-X. 
And if they want to be a part of our Facebook group, we have a private Facebook group. It's called Rethinking Mental Wellness with Rust. If they're Facebookers, they can join us on there too. This has been really fascinating, and I do hope people consider rest when they are looking for some kind of healing, and you'd be the perfect person to do it with. So thank you for coming on the podcast today. And by the way, what is it like to live in Hawaii? (laughs) I mean, it's amazing. I came here on a whim. Like I bought a ticket like with a 15-minute notice, and I've loved it ever since. If you think about energy, there's something really special about the islands and the feel you get. It's not just like the sunny days and stuff. It's a beautiful energy, especially that the local Hawaiians bring. It's really special. Well, you're lucky to live there. Again, thank you, Christy, for coming on our podcast. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful getting to know you. Thank you for joining us on Health Gig. We loved having you with us. We hope you'll tune in again next week. In the meantime, be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and follow us on healthgigpod.com. I'm Trisha. And I'm Doro. Be well.